0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Ellen and Shannon Etheridge. So Shannon, in the interest of uh, putting you completely on the spot right at the beginning of the show.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: What can I hey, I? This can is I... not
1: what I signed up for. Are you sure? <laughs> Uh, go ahead i trust uh, you. i trust you Corey. Uh, hey, i trust you.
0: i like that way to set up the stage <laughs> for where we're going to be heading into today's show um so in your family uh with kids in the house you know with marriage with greg would, did you guys have assigned seating at dinner um uh, the, the your own seats like in the living room side of the bed those kinds of things
1: Sides of the bed, yes. Okay. Assigned seating. I, I can't say that we ever did. We, okay. we had a round table, and there were so many chairs that it's just like, pick one. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, we could check it out. But I assume you guys have a table for four. Do y'all have assigned seating? Oh, no,
0: no, no, no. We don't have assigned seating. Um, we have sides it- of the bed, but... It's, it, it's
1: isn't assigned seating more of a church thing if that's my pew and that's where i always sit
0: well i think it's more <laughs> I, I think old school in the sense of um you know dad would have his seat a right. lot of times and, at, and the at the, the table. table right uh, but it's interesting i bring all that up just because at the first of the year pam and i switched sides of the bed <gasps> and this is the f- it working for you it's been fantastic actually.
1: Really? Uh, just it's, changing things up? It's
0: been really awkward at times because I still walk to the other side of the bed to get chapstick out of the nightstand drawer, even though it's on the other <laughs> side now. Um,
1: you do realize you can just switch the drawers, right? No,
0: we did. We switched them, but it's like I I walked to my what used to oh, be I my side. It. Right. And I'm like, wait, wait, that's not my side. And I have to go to the other side again. But it's just, it's interesting because... I think there's some psychology to this of when you change stuff up, you're stretched to have to grow in your own comfort to deal with new things. And, and, and it does provide something that is kind of, wow, that's kind of cool. And I so, think
1: that as humans, we crave change and novelty so and tension and stress as, a little bit.
0: As of this recording, we are actually, Pam and I are, um, tonight, are going to do a quick video for the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy club mem- members on that topic and we're going to post it to them on just hey try it out and see so if you want to see the video of us talking about this actually you got to join the academy which it's worth joining anyway <laughs> because there's going to get a you Way get a, a great a lot of great information. That does help spice things up, challenge things, go deeper than we could possibly go on this show. And we're also mm-hmm. offering right now, if you want to join the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy, you can do so with a 30-day free trial. You can try it out and see what, see how it goes. Yeah, isn't that Deal. cool? So, yeah,
1: I think it's brilliant.
0: So here's what we're doing. We're talking about trust, and this comes mm-hmm. from an email. And this email came in at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And it did indeed. in the effort of our shows this year, trying to be more engaged and straight from our listeners, this is a great one that came in. I'm going to kind of let you take the lead.
1: Yeah, I really appreciated Kelly trusting us with her thoughts. First, Corey, she has a lot of kudos for your book, Naked Marriage. So this is kind of what spurred her thinking in this direction. She says the part that really stood out to her about your book was how trust equals lust for many women, right? She says, it was something I had never really considered but it was an aha moment for me. My husband has always been faithful to me so I never considered trust an issue. She says, but when I really thought about it I realized that I couldn't trust him with my feelings. She says I often feel like my thoughts or opinions are not good enough or smart enough or correct. Okay. I find myself trying to justify my actions or beliefs and I don't feel like he values my opinion. Ultimately, he is always right. I feel like there are many ways to view the world and even if we disagree, my opinions are still valid and important. Not everything is all or everything is not always black and white. She says, "Want to thank you for the insight. I appreciate the work that you're doing and I would love to hear an episode about trust and how it can still be an issue in marriage even when infidelity hasn't been a problem and as soon as I read mm-hmm. it I thought that's brilliant because she's so right there doesn't have to be betrayal or right. an affair or whatever to wrestle with with trusting your spouse and I, I love that she honed in on the fact that it's trusting her spouse with her feelings yeah that she struggles
0: with. yeah and yeah, that's so
1: trust equals lust is something that you cover in naked marriage. I want to hear you unpack that with her. Okay.
0: Our- and I, I've got to give credit where credit's due first because trust equals lust is from Dr. Glover. That's that is, and it's in, I referenced it in the book. And so since we're talking about it on this show, I want to give credit. That's my, so that's my uh, PhD world coming in because I got to cite people.
1: That's, well, that's your integrity too. <laughs> I, I, I want to
0: honor the. I want to honor the people that that create the things that are really thought provoking and changing of of mm-hmm. things. So, but yeah, I, it's a great concept because it helps us start getting into this whole concept of how do we de- How do we define these different things? Because I think to unpack this best, we got to pull back just a little bit and and. The way I view women, tell me if I'm wrong, because since you are one of said creatures. Last time I checked. Um, I'm not sure where to go with that. Um <laughs> The way I view women is at their core, women are security-seeking creatures. Yes?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and we're not talking about just, you know, like financial no, security. No, no, not comfort, at all. Like, like being comfortable or whatever. We're talking about... He will take a bullet for me. Right. He has got my back. Yep. He's not going anywhere. He honors right. my heart.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, a lot of times when you're talking about trust equals lust for women, if if she can't trust you, she will not lust after you. And by that I mean you have to be something that is solid, trustworthy, consistent, integrity, character-building, strength kind of a man that even if, even if and when you make mistakes, those aren't the killers. I mean, the big ones, yes, you have an affair and be flippant about it. Well, that's going to kill trust for her and your marriage, and then likely trust for her and the next man that she might be in a relationship with, because you've just screwed it for the other guy, mm. <laughs> So, uh, because it's a deep, deep wound then. Yeah, But in the context we're talking about of when there's no infidelity and there's no real betrayal, there's no pornography and some of those things that are true identity kind of hits, there's still a component of you've got to live a trustworthy trustworthy life and be a trustworthy man, an honorable man.
1: And I love what she alluded to in the email that it's a matter of he's just not honoring her thoughts and feelings and opinions. He's not making room for her. Mm hmm. Because I've just never yet met the couple that they are totally on the same page, politically, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, financially, like there's always going to be differences of viewpoints and opinions. And yeah, I think that it that it's every spouse's responsibility to make room for the other person's viewpoints. And to try to put themselves in their shoes and to view it through their lens, because you're amazed at what you can learn by doing that. Yeah, you really can. So and I think that that's what is missing in our world today. It, it especially with the political climate it's become so polarized that instead of calling attention to what we differ on, how about if you just look at it through the lens of but you know how does this person really view the world and society and economics and although it's amazing what you can learn from just having a calm conversation with someone who doesn't necessarily vote like you. So you can imagine how that translates into a marriage, Right. somebody that doesn't necessarily think and feel like you do, but you can learn a lot from them, especially when you look at their childhood and why they have developed the views that they have.
0: Okay. So uh, I'm going to come at this from two ways. and I, I want your help with this, Shannon, because some of this is on the husband. Some of this is on the wife. Okay, so Kelly, some of this is on you, girl, (laughs) that you're going to have to confront just the idea of I often feel like my thoughts or opinions are not good enough or smart enough or correct. Okay, Mm. so that's part of your crucible, to take a phrase from Schnarch, on Mm -hmm. having to learn to grow and stand even in the midst of pushback. Mm -hmm. That if he doesn't think your, your thoughts are good enough, that's his deal, not yours. If you mm-hmm. think they're good enough, then, man, girl, you got to stand up on that.
1: So she has to be as solid as well, you're challenging him to be.
0: That's part of the framework of what marriage does is it's designed to help us confront ourselves, and oftentimes our partner is the one that instigates that. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm the one that I'm struggling with, you know, I don't know if I want to say that because what if Pam, you know, gets offended or hurt or or pushes back or doesn't want to do that? Well, okay. I can take into account her feelings and her thoughts, but if I'm not, if I got no malice and intent in that regard, then why am I holding back and holding myself, holding her hostage because I'm holding her back because she can't handle it, you know? And it's just, we can get so manipulative and crazy thinking in our mind Mm. that we don't realize, okay, so Kelly, your job is to start to confront, are your thoughts and opinions good enough? Cause I guarantee there's components of that, that there's true. It's yes, they are.
1: Sure. And it makes me wonder who in her childhood made her feel as if her opinions didn't right. count. I mean, I, I can, I can quote several fathers who have made their kids feel as if, you know, children shouldn't have opinions until they turn 18 type of a thing. And right. it's like, you know what? We formulate opinions much earlier in right. life than 18 years old. Right. So I do think that there's kind of a cultural conditioning sometimes in certain households that, my thoughts don't matter. Yep. And when you carry those emotional triggers into your marriage, it's easy to project your daddy stuff or your mommy stuff onto your spouse.
0: Right. And so here's the opportunity to take care of some of that retroactively in real time, in the way I think of it, that you get a chance to confront that and say, you know what, honey, you might be dismissive of me right now, but I'm not going to be dismissed and that's, that that could be a very solid statement and then he kind of can be taken aback of like okay hold on what do you you know because a lot of what it boils down to is we can have these woundedness and we can have these fears and we can have these different uh, insecurities that go on in our life and we see when we get into these moments of disagreement as threats that it's a threat of my identity. It's a threat of who I am. It's a threat of my state in this relationship. It's the threat, whatever it is. And so it's, how do I start to recognize, you know what, this isn't a threat to me. Mm. Because that's how I start to change my dynamic of confronting this stuff better. Right. Of, Of dealing with, you know what, I do feel valued in this relationship, if for nothing else, because of the value I place on myself and what I offer in this relationship. And that's the whole design of marriage working the way it's intended to.
1: Mm -hmm. And what also comes to my mind is the same way that we have to look at our families of origin of when do I remember feeling this way before? And is it really about the old stuff, not just what's happening in the moment with my spouse, but what kind of dynamics are you creating in your current family? Like, Are you able to give your kids permission to have their own thoughts and opinions? And yeah. I think that that's a really safe way to start getting comfortable with the fact that we don't all think the same way in this family and right. that's okay. Right. So that then when it happens between the husband and the wife, it's really just par for the course. That's how it works in the entire household.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. This, this comes down to, Kelly, I would say, have you had this conversation with your husband about how you interpret some of his responses in reactions that you feel like it's he's trying to keep things black and white when it's not always black and white, and mm-hmm. lots of times that can be in the same vein as the conversations we've encouraged our listeners uh on the show to have of if you're if you're bringing up tense conversations, do it not in the heat of battle you know when you, whenever some some you know there's a reaction that's not really Positive or helpful, it's not the best time to bring it up because he's probably already defensive or he's quickly going to be there. You're probably already defensive or quickly going to be there. So it's just this whole you know what? There's something I've been wanting to talk about. Mm-hmm. There's something that's been going on that I want to just share and, and point out.
1: Yeah. Can I talk about the calculator test? This is something that I do at every Women at the Well workshop. Okay. And I often do it individually with clients as well. For example, there was a woman recently that she had been in a relationship for a few months and but she was incredibly um, overwhelmed by an argument, one argument that they had had, and she just was not able to let it go. And they'd had a great relationship otherwise. And so I asked her, you know, what did that one argument represent for you? And uh, she just wasn't used to a lot of conflict in her family in her family of origin. So the fact that there was conflict that got heated, that was something that she just was not accustomed to. Right. And so I asked her, I said, you know, over the course of the six months that this relationship has been going on, what percentage or, you know, how many hours were spent in gridlock in in, in a heated battle about this topic that y'all were, and I, I don't even know that I could recall what the topic was. It was right. really more about the, t- the the relational dynamic that it created. And so I had her do the math that I think that it was a total of maybe like a two day span of time out of six months. So I had her actually take out a calculator and input how many hours total they had actually been in a relationship divided by the number of hours that were embroiled in this, or maybe it's that you take the number of hours that you were embroiled in the battle and you divide it by the total of hours that you've invested in the relationship so far. And it came up to be like 0.015. Right. right. It's like, are you really gonna judge the quality of the relationship based on 0.015? So I guess my challenge to Kelly is do a calculator test. How many years have you guys been married? And if you were to estimate how much total time you have felt this way, based on things that he has said or done. Is, is it really a, a prominent enough dynamic that it's a hill you're willing to tie, to die on, mm-hmm. or can you just chalk it up to the fact that yeah, you, you don't always use you know certain things the same way, but don't throw out the baby with the bathwater? Is what I always tell people okay. that every relationship is going to have differences of opinion and moments of tension. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. If okay. there, if there was a relationship that was absolutely void of tension, it would be boring. <laughs> it would be totally boring. It'd be
0: the Truman show.
1: Isn't that, a, isn't that the excitement of like makeup sex and, and the power that bonds two people together when they move beyond their differences of opinion and realize that our yeah. relationship is more important than this difference of opinion about this topic.
0: Okay. So I cannot believe we've gone half this show without doing this. How do you define the word trust?
1: Well, I was going to ask how you define the word lust.
0: <laughs> well, that's second, I'm,
1: I'm ready to go to the lust part. That's you're
0: secondary, yeah, <laughs> because this is foundational. How do you define the word trust, though?
1: Mm. I don't know. I, the immediate <laughs> thing that comes up for me, though, is that you can exhale and know that you're safe with this person, that you're not under threat, you're okay. not under attack, okay. that there's room for you be who you are and that your essence will be honored.
0: Okay. So how's that built? Because I think you're on, that you're on the right track with where I want to go with this.
1: I think that it's built by trial and error over time. Right.
0: But who, who, who has more of the onus on them to, to build it? Is it the partner or is it themselves? I this, think
1: you have to look at your own stuff, right? Because
0: this is where I think we we oftentimes have it backwards. I think trust, at face value, when we first look at it, when we're having trouble in marriage and we're looking at a low percentage from the calculator, and that's what we're focusing on. Trust is a manipulation. Okay.
1: Ooh, I'm, say a, that again? I'm gonna
0: let that just hang what? there. I wanna let that hang there for a little bit <laughs> because this is what I hear all the time and from my clients. Whenever there's been a betrayal or something, and they say, I need to be able to trust him. And my response to that is always trust them to do what? Mm. Right? Because that's where it starts. Because be here's how often trust plays out, right? It's this is how I mean I, I wrote about this in uh Marriage Essentials, which is a book I've got that self published a long, long time ago. But it says, I'll tell you about me. But only if you tell me about you, because if you don't, then I won't either. But I want to, so you have to. I'll go first, then you have to, because it's only fair. If I go first, then you you have to make me feel secure, because I need to be able to trust you.
1: Wow! Right? And <laughs> <Isn't laughs> you spell it out like that?
0: Is that what we do, though? That it's like it you know what? I want to share me with our audience, but I uh, audience, I want you. To, you got to help me feel safe before I do it because I need to be able to trust you. That's a load of bunk that it's just this whole, if I want to tell you something about me, it's up to me to trust myself to do it or not.
1: You're putting yourself out there. Right. If you do something
0: with it, right. If you do something with it, that's hurtful. Well, then I'm going to pull back and not, not share, but trust begins in self first that Mm -hmm. I trust myself enough to put it out there to know, you know what? What? I'm going to reveal myself and be known, and I'm going to see what you do with it. And so when you're dealing with a relationship and the components that are going on in this one, that, you know, I don't feel like my my thoughts are valued. Well, that comes down to you got to value your thoughts first, and then you got to make him make room for it or not. And then we deal with what's going on. Yeah. And so that's the struggle of dealing with this concept of, how do I build trust? Well, first it comes with self, but now we got to move on to the other side of this of trust equals lust. Because mm-hmm. there is a component as husbands, and this is where I want to speak straight to the men, that if your wife cannot trust you, she will not lust after you. That's just something right. I believe. And this is not just the idea of I'm a trustworthy man, I provide for her, I will I will die for her. If someone comes into my house that's unwanted, I will. I will take them down. She will not have to. That's a component of this. This goes deeper, though, fellas, that if you say you're going to be home at 5 and you show up at 530 and you haven't called or texted her and tell her you're going to be late, you just dinged your trust. Mm. You just dinged your word. If you say you are going to pick up milk on the way home and you don't, even if you go back to the store to pick it up, you've dinged your trust.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And if you tell her that she's the most beautiful woman on the planet and she's the only girl for you, but your eyes are following the waitress as she walks away from the table, you just dented yeah. your trust, yeah. not just dented, you dented it.
0: Right. And so this is that idea of if I'm looking this at this in a relational context of I want to have 100% of my energy going towards my wife – this isn't about I gouge my eyes out and I don't ever look at anything that's attractive that ever walks by. It's just I recognize I don't ogle them. I don't I don't sit there and, and gaze up and down and then what? What are you talking? You know, it's it's the idea of I I see her and then I'm back to my wife. Or I'm back to other situations. you know, I'm just realizing I don't need to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's the idea of I want to create something that has integrity and character and stability because that's what allows a wife to rest into you, to melt into you, to, to just lean into you because she'll now feel secure with you. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if I do that regularly, now all of a sudden I've got a woman more likely to let herself go with you.
1: And isn't that so much of what we've been getting emails about lately mm-hmm. of, I have a hard time letting myself go with my husband. I think we may be onto something. That some, some of it could maybe, be his fault <laughs> that maybe he's hurting himself, himself a little issues. bit. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. so. Right. I totally agree though. I think that this is why women so often will develop crushes on their pastor or their professor or their boss, if somebody that they have a relationship with where there's, only, um, you know, healthy exchanges of information and she develops a certain trust level in him, but then she sexualizes that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's, I think it's just important to see it that a lot of the way I want to view my life, and I hope people that listen to the show or clients I have want to, will, will start to challenge and view their own life, is am I living a trustworthy life in every aspect of my life? To me, that's the definition of integrity, that I am the same man in every circumstance of my life. That I'm not a different guy if I'm hanging out with the dudes and I'm on the basketball court or I'm with Pam or I'm in church. or Obviously, there's tact involved to know I'm not going to bring an air horn and, and be all trash talking in church like I would if I was at a game. Mm-hmm. But there's still a consistency there so that Pam knows and can trust that if I say something— I'll do it, and if I can't, I'll come back and own that and say, you know what? I committed to that, and I can't. I've got to change it for this, and it's a little ding, but it's less of a ding than just not doing it. But you're still showing
1: it. integrity. Right. Just that Because it's not perfection.
0: Yeah, it's not about perfection, mm-hmm. that I can't be human and make a mistake. It's about I own my imperfections, and I don't hold other people accountable for them. <laughs> it's on me. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what sets up a scenario of if both people, because I think it's important that w- wives don't get off scot-free in this either. I mean, usually it's less to have to help get a husband to lust after a wife. I mean, flash a breast and typically you've got some lust that ca- can happen. Um, <laughs> but th- it's still, can I trust you as as a wife? Can I trust my wife to be a woman that when she says something, she follows through with it. When she, yep. she honors the relationship, she doesn't badmouth me to her girlfriends, to everybody, maybe a select few. And I can trust that, that it's the, right. you know, because I know she needs an area to be able to talk about some of the struggles she's got that don't really have to do with me, but have to do with me. So it's, it's both sides of this, that if we're going to yeah. build something of depth, she's held accountable too. It's not just him.
1: Right. And that's what I was going to say is we need to kind of turn the tables and and look at it from the other perspective, too, is a woman has to earn trust and maintain that as well. Whether that's um, I will do what I said I'm going to do for you or um, I will make sure that the kids are at school on time consistently or uh, I will not overspend our budget. Little things like that can certainly impact a man's trust. And I would think that that also changes The sexual dynamic somewhat. If he doesn't feel as if she's a woman of her word, that has got to impact his ability to really feel comfortable that the woman he's with can totally be trusted.
0: Right, because it it is a component of we're trying to create relationships that are built on character, that that are built on being known, and then knowing each other. That's the secondary component of this. But too often we think it, and it is easier if well, if you'll if you'll go first, then it's a whole lot easier for me, right? If you if you if you jump into the deep end first, then I know okay, it's it's safe for me. Well, but I really want to jump in the deep end, but I got to have you do it first. You know, that's the whole stuff that we do. Of mm. I want you to take the lead in this. I want you. To, well, maybe there's components of I need to do that, but most of the time, no. If it's something I want to do, how do I trust myself? Confront myself. And and lead that in myself. And then I get influence back and I realize, okay, hold on. Maybe I went too fast too soon. Maybe I've introduced something that we're not ready for yet. Okay. And and it's just kind of recognizing that's the playing field of what marriage is supposed to do.
1: That's what makes marriage a crucible. Yeah. Like Schnarch would say. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder too, Corey, is there an element of projection when you start mistrusting your spouse? Is it really that you aren't solid yourself? Is it really that you feel some inner conviction about your own thoughts or actions or words or attitudes or behaviors or whatever because I do think that it's so much easier to point a finger and that saying goes, you know, when you're pointing a finger at somebody else, look at how many you're pointing back at you. Right. Working on your own trustworthiness could be a great place to start in developing more trust in your spouse.
0: Absolutely. And that comes back to that question of, you know, would you want to be married to you? <laughs> you know, uh, the- or the
1: question that we still need to explore on another show. What's it like to have sex with me? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that trust plays a huge part in that. Well, I
0: had struggle. I had that play out on that the the initial question of would you want to be married to you in my office last night with a couple that's in major turmoil, and they both said no, and I said, but then why is it that you allow your spouse to you, you want them to just swallow it when you're sitting there saying you wouldn't even want to be married to you? That makes they no both sense said to no. me.
1: How intriguing, right?
0: Well, th- because they're both acting just emotionally reactive. I mean they're mm-hmm. both just flying off the handle and I so at least I give them props for being honest and saying no. Right. And I'm like, "Okay, then why do you want your spouse to swallow that?"
1: Right. Right?
0: So it's just seeing it holding as
1: holding up a full-length spiritual mirror reveals a lot yep. to people when they when they look at it through an honest lens. Yeah. And so how am I being in this situation?
0: I think that if, if we can help people see, and this is what our show does, Shannon. If we can help people see that there's more going on than the simplicity of well, there's been no betrayal, there's been no this, there's been no that we still ding each other because we're we're fallen humans, you know we we're still gonna
1: bump up against each other, just living in the same house. so
0: we have opportunities for grace, we have opportunities for compassion, we have opportunities for deeper and more profound love because we can have moments of meaning that we couldn't have otherwise, right. But I think we also have to see that if you believe with a biblical worldview like you and I have, that there's a component of this is just going to be part of the life in the fallen world. You know, Adam, the the fall, I believe, happened because Adam didn't speak up. He was entrusted to use his strength to protect Eve, and while she's being deceived, Scripture infers he was standing right there with her, and he didn't say anything.
1: (laughs) And he blamed her, right?
0: And then he and then he said oh, she did it. And he she, mm-hmm. and she says, "Well, the, I was tricked." And so we we pass the buck all the time. It's human nature.
1: Mm-hmm. I would
0: have loved to have known what would have happened if when God came looking for Adam and He said, "What happened?" And He said, "You know what? That's on me. My bad, God. I got that one. That's me." <laughs> if He would have owned it, He said, "You know, you, you you charged me with something, and I screwed the pooch on that one, dude." And you know, <laughs> screwed the
1: pooch. That's the that's the Hebrew. <laughs> that's, a new that's the Hebrew oh, is from that. Hebrew? that yeah. <laughs> And then God wouldn't have had to ask that famous question Who told you you were naked? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, What would have happened to history then? But it's still just seeing that if I will look at life as my relationship, particularly my marriage, but my relationship are designed to reveal myself to myself. Yes. That's my playing field for going so much deeper and stronger in my relationships.
1: Reveal your strengths, your weaknesses, your insecurities, your anxieties, your past baggage, your future hopes, your dreams, all of it. All of it. Yep.
0: Well, that's a great Marriage
1: email. a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's it a great is. email. Because, yeah, Kelly, thank you. Yes,
0: because that's a whole lot deeper than just like you're tapping into of the, well, there's no infidelity. So, of course, there's trust. And it's like, well, yeah, there is in that area. But there's other areas of like, I still don't know if I trust you enough to reveal this part of me. I still don't know. And that's where I say I have that in my relationships, too, of just like, I don't know if I'm to the point of where I want to reveal this yet, but it's really easy and convenient to blame the other person because I can't trust them. Well, no, (laughs) it's not that (laughs) it's I, I don't trust myself to share that yet.
1: Yep. Excellent points. And hey, Corey, I have to say that if people recognize that they need to work on their own trust issues, I got three recommendations for them. Number one, men can jump into your husband mastermind groups because I'm sure that that's an element. Yep. Uh, Women at the Well Workshop coming up April 23rd through the 26th here in Lansing. Or they can jump into the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy where I love the trust level going up and up in that community. Or if you really want to get face-to-face with some people that you can develop trust relationships with, come to the getaway Yes.
0: Well, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.
1: We love you for listening.